Yo, what is up, you guys? This is Jamie. This is Junior Varsity Radio. I've gotten your messages, gotten your text. Um, you know, no phone calls. 2017. Um, but here it is. Here's my comeback. This is it. You know, I'm back. Uh, you know, I got my my podcast equipment ready. You know, and I'm gonna try to put out a little bit more. Well, it's been a while since I've released one, and uh, you know, I'm shooting for at least two a month. You know, so I don't get any more questions, or, you know, any more requests. Um, not saying I don't appreciate the quest, don't, the request. Don't get me wrong; I love them because it helps me have content. But this way, I can kind of actually put something out there for you guys. So, like I said, this is Junior Varsity Radio. I appreciate you listening, and what we are talking about today. You know, I'm going to go over the college football playoff. I'm going to go over Alabama versus Clemson. And then we're going to go over Georgia versus Oklahoma. And then we are going to go over who's going to win those games, why they're going to win those games. And then ultimately the national championship, who's going to win it. And then we're going to actually talk about a little bit about the Jaguars. They did just beat uh, Seattle. They are 9-4 and four at the top of the leaderboard in the division. And they just got the playoffs in their sights. So anyways, I thank you for listening. And let's dive right into it. <clears throat> Alright, so first and foremost, you know, we do have Clemson versus Alabama. And, uh, you know, I believe this is kind of the, you know, this is the game that everyone wanted. You know, this really is. This is just the rematch of the rematch between Clemson and Alabama. It's just two elite programs right now. Uh, Alabama is the top of the top. Clemson is right there, probably top three, top five, top three at least. Uh, and they not, might even be right there at number two. So you got Clemson, Alabama, elite defense. Second, Alabama is ranked second, and Clemson is ranked sixth in the total defense. So I'll let you know, obviously, hey, they are elite. Um, Alabama's third in rushing and seventh in passing, while Clemson is 13th in rushing and eighth in passing. Uh, Clemson does is third in sacks in the league, while Alabama is 24th. Um, so here's a more kind of surprising statistic right here. Alabama is actually the 20th ranked total offense, while Alabama or Clemson is 31st. It is a little surprising because, you know, the mantra for Clemson is always, you know, high-powered offense and then, a, a, you know, an elite speed defense while Alabama is kind of known for a little bit of a ground-and-pound type of um, thing. They've always been known to kind of play great defense and run the ball and, um, most importantly, kind of manage the ball, especially at the quarterback position. You know, but to have an explosive offense on top of an elite defense, Alabama's a pretty, you know, they're a pretty tough team to beat. Um, you know, we're talking about Jalen Hurts, uh, Damian, Harris, Damian Harris, and Bo Scarborough. And then Rashawn Evans, the linebacker, you know, he's going to be a huge key in this game. Um, obviously, their pass rush is going to have to get to Clemson. They're going to have to have a linebacker spying on Kelly Bryant. So it is going to be extremely exciting to see what Alabama is going to do defensively. And then we have Clemson. You know, we know about Kelly Bryant. We know, uh, you know, he's going to have to have a big game. Um, I think he's he's had a pretty good game, you know, when he played um, South Carolina and when he played Miami. You know, Clemson just rolled over those two teams. Hey, Kelly Bryant's going to have to have a game kind of similar to that. 
And then, um, you know, Travis Etienne and Tevin Feaster, the two running backs for Clemson, they're going to have to really get going as well. And I think, you know, they're going to have a lot of issues kind of getting to the outside of Alabama's defense because Alabama is literally built to stop their run up front and have those speed at the linebackers to run um, east and west. So it will be an interesting matchup. And then... Dexter Lawrence and Christian Wilkins on the defense for Clemson. Those two guys, they are straight savages on the D-line. It will be so interesting to see um, them going up against Alabama's offensive line, which I think Alabama's offensive line, they have had a little bit of issues, but they're still Alabama's offensive line. They're still the top players. So, But it will always be interesting between Clemson and Alabama, and that's the reason they're playing right now. And uh, to me, though, you know, I got to go with Clemson. I think Clemson is just on a roll right now with what they're doing. You know, like I said, they've just rolled over uh, South Carolina. They rolled over Miami. And I think they're just, they're kind of there. You know, this is their time. You know, so give me 27-24 Clemson. You know, like I said, Christian Wilkins, Dexter Lawrence, I feel like they're going to get the pressure needed. And I think they're ultimately, you know, they're going to get to Jalen Hurts. They're going to cause a few turnovers. Um. But, I mean, it is what it is. It's a great game. Clemson in the end. So now let's go to Oklahoma versus Georgia. You know, Oklahoma, they're the interesting team, I believe, because they don't believe in defense. You know, they're just straight high-powered offense. They're straight wanting to, um, you know, score as many points as they can while the other three teams in the in the playoff, they play great defense and they run the ball. They control the lines of scrimmage. While Oklahoma, obviously you control the line of scrimmage, you win. But they're you know, they're not they're not um their main thing is they just want, they just want to pass the ball and they want to score as many points as they can. Um, you know, Georgia's fourth ranked total defense. Oklahoma's a fifty seventh, you know. <laughs> Georgia's twelfth ranked in rushing and the second in passing. Well, Oklahoma is 40th in rushing and 88th ranked in passing. So, you know, like I said, uh, no defense for Oklahoma. There's just that turnstile defense, that James Harden type of defense. Uh, if you don't watch the NBA, uh, you should. And if you do watch the NBA, you know exactly what I'm talking about when I say James Harden defense. Um, you know, Georgia it has a 36th ranked offense. And statistically, as a hundred and tenth ranked passing offense, those statistics are a little skewed because in the beginning of the season, you know, they really didn't, you know, pass the ball that much. They didn't need to. Um, Jake Fromm, you know, which I just found out his name was Jake. Um, I've been calling him Jeff Fromm for so long. And if you know me, I love football. I love sports. And I don't usually get names wrong, <laughs> but this guy. I just kept calling him Jeff, and I probably looked so stupid to so many people. Um, but, yeah, so Jake Fromm's going to have to step up. He's going to have to have a game. Uh, he's been doing really good the last few weeks of play, you know, with the Auburn game. You know, Jake Jake has been doing really well, so I think it will kind of all be up to him as well as, obviously, we know about the running backs at. Uh, we know about Sonny Michelle and Nick Chubb at Georgia. Um, you know, you're going to have to have Lorenzo Carter. You know, Quan Smith, you know, they're going to have to have a game. Lorenzo Carter, he's going to have to get pressure on uh, Baker Mayfield. While Quan Smith, he's going to have, uh, 
He's going to have his hands full trying to stop the run on uh, Rodney Anderson and Trey Sermon. Um, it will be extremely interesting for me, especially on the outsides between the cornerbacks and wide receivers, um, to see who wins that matchup. But in the end, you know, I do think that Oklahoma, I do think that Oklahoma will win this match. I think while Georgia does have a top five defense, and I know defense wins championships, you know, they, it is so hard to keep Baker Mayfield, the Heisman Trophy winner, from putting up points, from putting up yards. So in the end, I think while Georgia is an extreme, extremely talented team, and they are really quick in the rebuild, as done by Kirby Smart. I mean, you know, side note on this guy, I think is just it was such a great hire for Georgia to hire Kirby Smart. It was just a real realignment of a program, and we're seeing a lot of rehires in college football or not rehires, but a lot of coaching hires. Um, you know, speaking of like when Georgia hired um, Kirby Smart, when Miami, though that same offseason when he was, you know, Mark Richt was fired, Miami hired uh, Mark Richt, and that was just a total, the talent was there. You know, the talent is there. You just kind of need that realignment. And that realignment will kind of add some juice into the program and then allow you to get uh, some juice on the recruiting trail get a few guys in that can that can contribute right away so anyways <laughs> that's the end of the sidebar um yeah i think you know georgia will try to slow the game down i think they'll try to run the ball with sony michelle and nick chubb i think they'll pl try to play great defense which they do but in the end i think you know baker mayfield he's going to be too much um you know and i expect i do expect kind of a big game from anderson and sermon as well as much as I love Baker Mayfield and as much as he is a Heisman, I do think that he needs a big game um, from his two running backs. So Oklahoma, 45-35. And take it to the bank. So we've got our national championship set up. we got it Clemson versus Oklahoma. And uh, I'm going to take Clemson. You know, I think Clemson uh, – I think there's just an extremely complete team right now. I think the defense is just nasty. Uh, I think it's going to be a shootout. Because like I said, it's hard to keep Baker Mayfield down. But if any defense can do it, it will be Clemson. You know, Clemson has the speed. Clemson has just the physicality. And that's not a knock towards Georgia because Georgia has it. Don't get me wrong. But I just don't think Georgia has it on that level yet. You know, Kirby seems like he's really going to get there. And that Oak, the Georgia offense as well, it seems like it's really going to get there. It's just got a lot of young pieces besides Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb. But, you know, <clears throat> Clemson over Oklahoma. Um, you know, in the end, it'll probably be uh, a turnover or a defensive stop that allows Clemson to get ahead. You know, Kelly Bryant's going to have to have an explosive game to keep up with Baker Mayfield. Um, but Clemson will probably try to control the line of scrimmage again, and they'll probably try to slow the pace while still running an up-tempo, you know, and so what that means is they'll get a playoff in 20 seconds, or they'll get a playoff in 15 seconds, and then sometimes they'll try to get a playoff faster than that, but it's really working to kind of control the time, control 
you know, the substitutions that happen on defense and offense. And so it's really, it's a way to um, control a line of scrimmage when you're not that big, slow it down type of team. But give me Clemson 42 to 38. Uh, and by the way, if you take this to any bank and you take this to any bookies and you have exactly the scores that I have, or you're taking what I say, I need a cut of it. <laughs> and you better tell me because I will find out. Just letting you know. But yeah, so the college football fi- college football playoff, I think it's a great idea. I do think that four teams, though, while it's great right now, I do not think four teams is enough. I think you saw that this year and and last year as well. I think the playoff will eventually uh, maybe branch out to six or eight. I would rather see eight. Um, but they could go playoff with uh, six, like NFL style, where the top two teams have a bye week. And then the bottom four teams play, and then the winner of those games goes on to play one and two. Or they could just do, you know, eight teams, or they could limit, um, they could break down the teams, uh, the scheduling for the teams, and then even go to maybe 16. I don't know. They can do something, and I think they're going to eventually. So, but anyways, so that's my take on the college football final. I have Clemson as your national championship, or national champions. For the second straight year. And then next, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about the Jags a little bit. So I'll see y'all. And I appreciate you listening again. Peace. to Junior Varsity Radio. I just just had to get a drink of water real quick. You know, I had to, you know, I had to get ready to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, I'm, I'm a diehard Jaguar fan. And to finally be able to sit back and see your team at nine and four, you know, all I can say is Duval. You know, it's so it's just such a great feeling to see the Jaguars where they're at and really where they're headed. You know, it was just such an exciting game. But anyways, we're about to break it down a little bit for y'all. So like I said, the Jags are 9-4. and four. You know, they're itching for a playoff spot. I believe next week their game versus Houston will clinch a playoff spot for them. So whether it be they get wild card or not, they will clinch a spot with a win over Houston. Then they go at San Fran, which... You know, San Fran is just not a um, a great football team right now. I do think there's some talent there. I do think they have a guy in Kyle Shanahan that can build that team. But in the end, um, that'll be a W. Uh, the big game is at Tennessee. I think that will probably be what clinches whether we go to a wild card or not. Um, because at that point, if we win two games and then Tennessee wins two games, they will have the tiebreaker. So we will need to beat Tennessee. <clears throat> Uh, you know, and right now they're kind of being, they're kind of inconsistent with the rushing game and Mariota himself is being a little inconsistent. Uh, so, 
and and um, the Jaguars are really starting to get going a little bit. Blake Bortles is really starting to kind of catch fire. I think they're starting to use him the right way. So there is a possibility, Jaguar fans, that we see three straight wins for Jacksonville. And we see a 12-4 and record as they go into the playoffs. You know, how would that feel? To have a team that was a laughing stock at the, at the beginning of the year. You know, beginning of the year, the Jaguars were a laughing stock. And then at the end of this year, they might go 12-4. and That's a great feeling for Jacksonville. You know, so let's talk a little bit more about that defense. That defense is just, it's, it's, it's the top defense in the NFL right now. I think they leave in 12 statistical categories in the NFL. I think when it's all said and done this season, we're looking at a top 10 defense of all time. You know, it could even be top five statistically. So that's crazy. You know, 45 sacks on the season, 16 interceptions, 11 forced fumble recoveries, and then four touchdowns. It's insane, that defense. You know, and, and, and to pair that with that defense, you know, Blake Bortles has just been lighting up the last two weeks. 309 yards versus Indy. 268 versus Seattle. Yes, they were missing some players, but still... You are still Seattle, and you got bullied. You know, <laughs> Blake Bortles, you know, if we've ever had a conversation about the Jaguars or about Blake Bortles, you know I am not his biggest supporter. I think he has the potential to be really good. I think maybe the mindset is not there right now. But like I said, it's, he's proven me wrong these last two weeks. He's completely lit it up. And he's, I mean, he's beaten the Ravens, and he's beaten the Steelers, and he's beaten the Seahawks. When I say he's beaten, he has performed well in those games. He has not brought his team down like he usually does. You know, he's continuing to elevate his play, and he's continuing to elevate the team. That is weird to hear because we have not had that from Blake Bortles yet. You know, uh... And when we have Blake Bortles kind of performing the way that he is, you'll see it stretch defenses vertically instead of stretching them horizontally. So what it helps us is it helps to create a little bit of running lanes for Fournette and Ivory. So, and you saw when they played Seattle, you know the offense. I don't. I don't think the offense has really reached the potential. I think they are missing um, Hearns and uh, Robinson, but the offense is pretty nasty. You know, and but excuse me, but in the end, it'll be all about the defense, you know. And you can really tell that the defense missed Helvin Smith. You know, you saw Puzlesny lined up against slot receivers, which you know, I love Puzlesny. I think I hope he finishes career here. You know, I think he deserves to be in the uh, what is it, the Ring of Honor. I think he deserves to be, or the pride of the Jaguars. I believe he needs to be on there. And I believe he needs to finish his career here in Jacksonville. You know, but as we talk about defense, let's talk about a few uh, a few players from Seattle on that defense. Let's talk about Michael Bennett first and foremost. You know, this man, he tries to roll under the offensive lineman Linder just because he was being salty 
about that loss. You know, this man was quoted at the beginning of this year. Quote, most of the NFL games are decided by one point. Unless you're playing the Jaguars or something, then it's decided by 50. That one point, blocking it, that makes a difference, end quote. This man was quoted as saying this at the beginning of the year, that they would probably beat him by 50, the Jaguars. And he didn't like it when the Jacksonville Jaguars came out. And you saw it, you know, like Wardle's quotes, you know, people aren't used to getting beat by the Jags. You know, you know, the Jaguars are usually the laughingstock of the NFL. Uh, a little bit more respect than the Cleveland Browns, but still... You know, and then we're going to still talk about Sheldon Richardson. He was ejected from the game for throwing a punch. And then Quentin Jefferson, who was tossed from the game, you know, and uh, he was trying to climb into the stands after getting hit with what looked like a plastic bottle. Uh, you know, now, no, I do not think it was right for the fans to do, but they did. I do think that there need to be some rip, repercussions for them. I don't think they'll be allowed at another NFL game for a little while. I think there should be a ban on them. I don't think it should be an indefinite ban, but I do think it should be for a couple of seasons. You know, um, it it's look, it's hard. You know, it's hard for Jefferson. It really is because that he at a point he need, he does need to keep his composure. You know, when he was running to the stands. Uh, something was thrown at him. It went over his head, and he should have just kept running. Uh, but he did it. You know, he confronted the sta- he confronted the fans. Hey, as a man, I get it. You know, you don't put up with that stuff. You know, you want to punch the person in the face. I understand. But you're in the NFL. You had an opportunity to never have that happen. And he should have been the bigger man. Unfortunately, I hate saying it like that. But he should have kept his composure and just ran into the locker room. Because in the end, is Duval. You know, this isn't Seattle. I don't think he would I don't think he would have known what was waiting for him if he got into the stands. Luckily he didn't get in the stands, so it's you know, it's not as bad, but still. You know, what should be crowding media the this week is that the is that the Jaguars bullied the bully. Seattle, you know that they stopped Russell Wilson, you know that they really only allowed like three big plays, and unfortunately that's what kept Seattle in the game, you know, but if Jacksonville stopped those three plays, stopped one play, it's a blowout, and it should have been a blowout, you know, but unfortunately, they're talking about this incident, this incident, and they're going to be talking about the fans, they're going to be talking about Quentin Jefferson, and in the end, you know, the, the defense was just salty, the players were salty, you got beat by the Jags. Get used to it. Um, all in all, it's a W. It's a win for Jacksonville. You know, they're 9-4 and four at the top of the division. You know, in national TV, they got to see that this team is for real. You know, that's what I love seeing. Uh, I love the city of Jacksonville. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm born here. I'm, I'm, I'm bred here in the city of Jacksonville. You know, I'm from Duval. You know, Duval raised me. It's awesome to see, you know, the city of Jacksonville really working. You know, the Duval till we die, the forever teal. It's great to see it. I hope it continues to grow. I hope it continue, and I hope it makes it comes into a national brand. You know, and I hope uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm very interested to see what's going to happen in the playoffs as well. I'm, I'm extremely excited for that. But anyways, that's it. It's a wrap. <laughs> you know, it's a wrap on my comeback, at least for this week. Uh, I really appreciate you listening while you're on the way to the gym, while you're on the way to work, while you're just walking around cleaning, you know, while you're doing whatever you're doing. I appreciate you listening. And again, it's Junior Varsity Radio. It's Jamie. You can find me on iTunes. You know, if you have any recommendation, any request, uh, please, please, please let me know. You know, if you want to hear me talk about something, um, you know, if you want to even, I'm going to even get into some societal issues in sports, um, drugs, racism, stuff like that. So it's going to be a wild ride the next year, you know, and I appreciate you listening and I hope you're going to stay on. This is Junior Varsity Radio signing out. Peace.